0: Welcome to History Conspiracy Podcast, where we provide the audio and you decide whether it's history or conspiracy. When Mariner and Lee Oswald returned from Russia, they were befriended by George and Jean DeMarnschild. This mysterious couple befriended them in Texas in the year leading up to the assassination. Here in their own words is George and Jean DeMargian.
1: We met Oswald uh, 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 in, uh, in the summer of last, uh, 1962 when we heard that uh, there was a young couple who arrived from Russia and were in very difficult financial condition. So a friend of mine and myself drove to Fort Worth and uh, found this tenement house where he was living near Montgomery Ward
2: and were giving either crib or um, playpen or clothes for Marina for instance people were so wonderful that I believe she had close to 100 dresses in her wardrobe and they were nice things they weren't all worn out things but they were just nice things that people had too many and they shared in fact that was one of the biggest objections of Oswald because it made it very difficult for him he could never provide Marina with 100 dresses but it's rather difficult to discuss people's married life because what you see outside, is not always goes on when you don't see the people. But from what we knew, they weren't very happy. But for some particular reason, they both didn't want to leave each other. And uh, we found out that uh, Oswald was beating Marina. Well, Marina spoke to me a few times about their actual married life and she was in a way complaining that he was, was not aggressive enough and he was not interested enough in sex and quite often he would prefer reading or prefer just to do more work than attend to this and the other hand with her it was quite important and she was she definitely felt lack of it so that could be also one of the problems she teased him about sex and she teased him about uh, other little different things about how he works that he doesn't attend to this and he doesn't attend to that and uh, all these things should never be done in front of people because it's the worst thing you can do to your husband to say something publicly even with the friends or with people is supposed to know, but especially sex. I don't think that should never be mentioned. And that could be a very big point with him. He was, hu- he was humiliated by it, definitely.
1: I had the impression that he was in love with Marina and uh, that on his side there was no unhappiness. What What's the thing I remember now? that he did not want Marina to learn English, maybe because he was in an intensely jealous person. He did not want, want Marina to communicate with other people.
2: Make well, one, to of, uh, one of the things struck me quite uh, odd. Uh, finally, we were talking to him. He was forbidding Marina to smoke, outright. I was trying to explain to him that this is modern times. Women do smoke. Providing they smoke moderately, there's no harm in it at all. The worst thing he can do is forbid her smoking. And I believe I convinced him to permit Marina to smoke, which was very happy, and she said once that yes, she smokes and it's all right. Then all of a sudden, we dropped by one evening to visit them, and then she went in the kitchen, and I, she came back quite upset. I said, "What happened?" She said. He just took cigarette out of my mouth and put it out on my shoulder. What yeah.
1: happened actually, you know, that I was standing there on the balcony and my wife and Marina were looking at the rifle which was inside of the closet, you know. And Marina said to my wife, "Look at that idiot! He has a rifle here. Instead of uh, instead of buying food or necessities for our home, you know, he bought a rifle." And. Uh, that's what I just overheard, but I actually did not even look in the closet, you know. And it's, it seemed to me like such a ridiculous idea for Oswald to buy a rifle when he needed money so desperately, you know, that uh, it's, it's, it, was, it was just a big joke, you know.
2: So we all start laughing how crazy it is, and then at a clear sky, George had a peculiar sense of humor sometimes. He said, did you take Benny chance pot, pot shot at Walker? And we all laughed at it like the greatest big joke, like nobody thought anything of it at all because we never thought that anything like that could happen. And later on from reading the papers, we heard that that's exactly what happened.
3: Interview in Dallas, uh,
4: we stress once more that everything said is the property in all forms of Mr. and Mrs. De Shield and cannot be used without their advanced consent. So, we were discussing the Warren report, the meeting of Mr. and Mrs. DeMarne in Washington with the Warren Commission. Yes, George. Mr.
1: Albert G- uh, Jenner. The counsel for the Warren Committee is a very clever lawyer. Uh, he's, a t- uh, he's a trial lawyer in Chicago. And I have to admit that either he was much more, more intelligent than I was, or uh, I was just uh, impressed too much by the attitudes of the whole situation and the, and the people at the Warren Committee. And I really said some unkind things about Lee Harvey Oswald which I regret I had said. And this is more or less the sequence of Mr. Jenner's attitude towards me when I sat there and answered his questions for two and a half days. First, it was intimidation. He said to me, I know more about you than you do yourself so you answer the questions and don't say a single lie he was very very cool to me at first and I answered the questions then he started flattering me how great I was, what a cosmopolitan person I was how many people I knew in this world and probably the the flattery worked on me and convinced me that he is a good friend of mine so finally at the end of the testimony, at the end of this long testimony, I think he, got, he was convinced that I, I was not in any way uh, involved in, in the assassination and gave me a lot of compliments and we parted the best of friends. At the, at the end of this testimony, I told the Council of, of the harm this affair had done to me in Haiti. And he hurried to insert a statement that was, uh, that I was naturally above all suspicion. I said also, I feel that having helped the Oswalds is considered by you as immoral. Not at all, concluded Mr. Uh, Jenner. You did all right. Keep living the life you led. (coughs) It cannot hurt to help other (coughs) people. Then there was half a more day long day of testimony for my wife, at which both she and our dogs were present. The Manchester, our uh, little two Manchesters were there at the Warren Committee Report. Not as material witnesses, who had known and liked Harvey Lee Oswald, but because Jeanne refused to leave
4: them alone in the hotel. Um, George, <coughs> is this the moment you want Jeanne to... Yes, uh, uh, One more question I would like to ask you. Somewhere uh, along the line, Lee Harvey Oswald asked you a pointed question like uh, okay George what is your political philosophy and you gave a reply I think which Mr. Jenner of the Warren Commission amended with a remark of his. What was exactly that incident?
1: Well I told him that I let uh, my, my political uh, philosophy is live and let live uh, let people do they want? they want to, if they want, don't so harm that. the others. And uh, I think that, generally speaking, Mr. General agreed with my point
4: of view. No. Uh, you told me something else. Um, Lee Harvey Oswald asked you what is your political philosophy, and you gave an answer, and uh, let and live and let live, and yeah. then Mr. General uh, said, uh, made a comment. Well, I forgot. What what was it? Well, you made notes of it. Yeah. Well, we go over that later Then at the end of the just this, re- this regard, this passage. Mm-hmm. I will keep reminding you of that, yeah. because it's interesting. You are discussing, Jana now. And Please go ahead. Uh, okay. Jan, now, uh, what would be interesting is to get... No, I'll give you this one. Uh, what would be interesting is to... Um, Get your view of going to Washington and visit with the Warren Commission on the Oswald assassination.
2: Number one, I want to go back a little to Port-au-Prince. When we received the letter and asking us, not requesting, asking us to appear if we can contribute anything to this horrible tragedy, we said we would like to say anything we can say of our knowledge of Oswald and his family. Unfortunately, we didn't see or didn't, didn't have any communications with them for eight straight months prior to assassination and we actually would be very poor help in solving that tragedy. We had no idea whether he became sane and wonderful man, whether he became bad or be, uh, became a criminal. The only way that we could contribute anything is to our communications with him prior of all of these things going back practically a year and a half. So when the news get around, which we never concealed that we had a request to go and testify and we did agree, all American colony was an uproar in Port-au-Prince. Whenever we went to tennis and after tennis we said had the drinks, they always said, how horrible, aren't you afraid? I said, afraid? Afraid of what? said, "Aren't you afraid to go and testify? He—he he is supposed to be an assassin." I said, "So what? What do we have to do? That he's assassin or not? We just happened to know a man for—for for the time, quite uh, quite far away back from what happened, and the only thing we can contribute is some to his personality and uh, describe his character." They were—they just couldn't believe it, and frankly. I, I had a feeling that many of them were afraid to such extent that they thought probably will be put in jail and never come back to Port-au-Prince. Well, we forgot all about that and we're arriving to Washington and um, we, were for not, uh, we were asked to testify separately. My husband testified two and a half days and after that, uh, that I had to testify for one and a half day. And my reaction was a little bit different than his because when i came i didn't consider it interrogation or anything i consider it as my favor to come and give my contribution to solving this horrible tragedy if in any way i can help which i doubted very much so i had completely relaxed attitude and anything any little detail unfortunately have pretty good memory i was going to tell them if in any way that can contribute to the cause To my surprise, they asked me, they were rather pleasant with me, and a little bit reserved. All of a sudden, instead of asking me, when did and where about you meet him, how many times you saw him, what were your discussions, and what do you know, and what did you learn about him and his wife, instead of that, they all of a sudden asked me, where were you born? Who were your parents? I I really objected immensely towards that, but they said, they have to know the background of the witness in order to evaluate its statements. So I agree with that, never suspecting that my personal life will appear in Warren Report. I consented to testify and give them all the information pertaining to Oswald, but I never did any consent to them to print my personal life, which I have nothing to be ashamed of, but this is my personal property I can never forgive Warren report for releasing that to public and all over the world. They had no business to print where I was from, what did I do, how many jobs I had, how many husbands I had, how many children I had. It's my personal property. And if I want it published, I will have it published myself or ha- have authorizations to somebody else. All my impression was that I have to say and which I should all of my communications or any of my knowledge of his actions, of his personality, Oswald. only Oswald, Lee Oswald, and nothing else. So I'm still carrying a very big grudge, and believe me, whenever I have a chance, I'm going to have them pay for what they've done, because to me it's a tremendous insult to a personal freedom which we're supposed to have in this country. That's why we are here and not in Soviet Union, and I respect personal freedom and personal property, not to be touched by anyone unless the consent of a person is given.
4: Now, Coming back to the, <coughs> to the environment
2: approach. Uh, yes. No, so we start talking and I tell them, of course, I have nothing to be ashamed of. I had, in fact, I'm quite proud, nothing sensational of my background. My father was a great man. My mother was a very nice woman. I had excellent childhood in China. I came to United States because I chose the United States. I could have gone to Europe, but I the freedom in the United States and a constitution that we had appealed to me, and I wanted a new world. I was brought up sort of in a Europe, European, mat- matter, uh, um, European manner and uh, I was sort of tired of it I want something new, new, new and that's why I chose United States and came with the best belief that I'm going to have complete freedom of judgments, fate or no fate it will be my personal business and nobody is going to try to impose it upon me well, I found, with uh, um to, to my um, regret. regret I found that it not always worked like that Sometimes it did. But at any rate, after I gave them all of my background, we went to the subject of my meeting, Lee Harvey, and of course, we never even discussed a testimony with my husband. He never read mine, I never read his. But it completely coincides, 100%, because whenever you say the truth, you don't have to remember. There was no problem with that. Then they finally, on about second day, they wanted me to identify the gun so they brought the gun out and my little dog was there he sniffled in a gun I said maybe he can know more about it because by smell he can say it's the same gun or not but I cannot possibly say that was the same gun it looked just about the same the rifle I mean looked just about the same but I never touched it I never handled it so I have no way I said why don't you ask his wife whether the same gun or not because she probably dusted it she probably handled it. So she can tell you much more in order to identify identify that it was the same gun. Did
4: you feel in your testimony for the Warren Report that you uh, defended Lee? uh, Did you also have the feeling like George had that uh, when they questioned you about Oswald uh, they did so as if they had already made up their minds that he was guilty. Uh, Did you feel you had to were you free to express your opinions as far as to bring also sympathetic angles of his character out or knowing him
2: yes they were they were not as strong as they were with my husband but definitely there was an air that there were no way out how do you mean that he is supposed to be the assassin and no that matter was what that was the feeling we had and they practically, they were not very happy with whatever good was ever said about him.
4: How did you notice that?
2: It's just a feeling mm-hmm. that was dislike in their faces when something nice was said about him. And frankly, we were very fortunate because we were interrogated much later than the other people after. They were interrogated immediately and they were bewildered, they were frightened. When we faced Warren Committee, we were completely cool and we were not excited because in excitement people did say, and we know lots of our good friends said things that they didn't mean because they were too frightened, they were too excited or something. We spoke completely indifferent, just trying to bring facts of whatever we could recall of our relationship to Oswald. But definitely I had a feeling that whenever anything kind said about Oswald, they were sort of displeased. It was not completely said in so many words, but the feeling were not. Uh, oh, how I said. They didn't, didn't. Uh, they sort of didn't agree, but they didn't say so, mm-hmm. because all they wanted to know and to hear what we have to say about the subject. Frankly, the whole thing, calling us to what a report, spending all the money and bringing us in, and taking us back, and dragging our little mutts, little doggies there. And uh, I'm sure they did quite a lot of research, FBI, CIA, and whatever else they have. All of that money were completely wasted. I told them so. Why don't they go to New Orleans? Why don't they find out who were his acquaintances, and what was he up to in the last few months? prior to this tragedy, <coughs> instead of covering all it up and spending all the money of digging in in the backgrounds, for instance, like ours, or the backgrounds of anybody that ga- came in contact with him in Dallas. This is so far removed, was complete waste of time, I had sort of a feeling that they just wanted to fill in the pages with some I'm kind sorry. of nonsense. Mm-hmm instead of actually digging in and find out we even had a fight i had a personal fight with jacqueline's mother in her I'll house
1: i'll tell you about it later okay oh it, comes mm-hmm. into
2: it. yeah it's okay because i did believe and i wanted one thing in the world i wanted to know what rat did it and i'm insulting the rat when i say that who could yeah. possibly who could possibly commit such crime this was the president for the first time in a long time, was a young president, completely not interested in any material possessions because he had them all, with the bright, brilliant ideas, and going forward, he was the hope, not only our country, but the hope of the world.
4: Uh, Jean, may I interject yes. here a minute? Uh, um, I think we have covered... Uh, yeah a great deal of your impressions of the Warren mm-hmm. Report. May and I so t- uh, it's a good moment to let the judge get back to his uh, script. Now I
1: remember a few details about the interrogation, and of course it covers so many pages that it's so hard to remember what it actually said. But it's there for anybody to see. For instance, uh, Counsel Jenner asked me, why Lee liked you so much and he liked only you? Why, why didn't he like the other people? Well, I said, I, d- I didn't have the slightest idea. So uh, so Jenner suggested that maybe because I was a strong person. <laughs> that was very hard for me to say whether I was a strong person or not. I answered this, maybe he identified me as some sort of an internationalist, an American internationalist. And Jenner said, maybe you are. Um, you and your wife, said Jenner, were the only ones who remained... Uh, Lee and Marina's friends well I said we we are not defending ourselves for having seen and helped them to us Lee was always hospitable and he was very responsive to our kindness then at the end of the testimony uh, Mr. Jenner brought out the letter which I wrote to Mrs. Hugh Auchinclose the mother of of Jacqueline Kennedy and I quote what I wrote to her Since we lived in Dallas permanently, last year and before, we had the misfortune to have met Oswald, and especially his wife, Marina. And I continued, the possible reason. No. And I do hope I continue um, that Marina and her children, I understand she has two now, will not suffer too badly throughout their lives, and that the stigma of assassination will not affect the innocent children somehow, innocent children. Yes,
4: but George, you did write, uh, let's face it, you did write uh, the possible reason he killed Kennedy was insanely, why don't you read that? Yeah,
1: well, because it's different. What is different? Okay, I'll answer it. Because Uh, this way...
4: The innocent children, they will not affect the innocent children somehow. Just, I st- may I? I yeah. I'm sorry to have to come to mm-hmm. business here. Yeah. Uh, why don't you do it chronologically? You made the notes of what you said. Why don't you uh, come up with it? Why do you skip it now?
1: All right. Well, it's it's boring. You. <laughs> it's boring, and it's and it's very long, and this is the pages. So the, the pages are long. This is an example of, of uh, of a thing that I really dislike about my testimony. So and that's then, why I want to come to all it. All right. Well, and I think that I was really bamboozled into saying it because of the general atmosphere. And I did say that the possible reason Lee killed Kennedy, that he was insanely jealous of an extraordinarily successful man who was young, attractive, had a beautiful wife, had all the money in the world, and he was a world figure. And poor Lee Oswald was just
4: the opposite. This appeared in the Warren Committee report. What? This yeah, was this quoted? important.
1: Yeah. He had nothing. He had a bitchy wife. He had no money. Was a failure in everything he did.
4: And and, and you look upon this now as a little unfair, maybe. I said
1: I look at it now as an unfair statement.
4: Towards Lee Harvey. Towards Oswald.
1: Lee Harvey Oswald. And I continued my testimony it's in the report. It made him a hero in his own mind. Possibly, he did not realize. That he was doing it at the expense of the whole nation. It might have been a mental blackout.
4: That's what my, was my conclusion. And you regret that now? I certainly do. Uh, jo- George, is this mm-hmm. all you
1: want to say about what you said in the Warren report? Oh, there are. Uh, there's the Warren report is there for people to read, uh, and. Yeah, for instance, there, there are other interesting questions that they ask me. Yeah. Uh, Jenner asked me, as a humanitarian person, you cannot imagine anybody murdering anybody else. I said, I cannot imagine. I certainly cannot imagine. I still expressed doubts regarding uh, regarding Oswald Oswald's mean, guilt. Certain, yeah. I kept on doing it. Um <coughs> Again, I want to come back to the letters I wrote to uh, Jacqueline Kennedy's mother. And they were, p- I didn't want to have them publicized, but they were presented by Mrs. Hockenclose to the Warren Committee, and they, were, they are now part, integral part of the Warren Committee report. Oh, she gave them? She gave you. the letters to the Warren Committee. Yeah. And uh, uh, I also, she also gave a copy of the letter she wrote to me. And this is a rather interesting letter, which expresses many things. It seems extraordinary, she writes, to me that you knew Oswald and that you knew Jackie as a child. It is certainly a very strange world. Your letter made me think a good deal. I hope too that Mrs. Oswald will not will not suffer. This was the letter from January twenty nine sixty four, from Mrs. Archinclaw, January.
4: And we I keep it because you have to, Yeah. don't throw it yeah. out. Keep it here. No, I want to conclude. Be, George, please be relaxed and take yeah. your time. I don't care how much time you take, right. but don't hurry and don't think any statement of yours is too long or too boring. We need the complete information in order to make your book worthwhile. Well. So mm-hmm. take your time and and we will be here and as Stevenson said in the United Nations till hell freezes over yep. until it is done job. Okay. Uh, very, t- uh,
1: very tired by our testimonies, we were invited the evening after our deposition to Georgetown and spend the evening with Mr and Mrs. Hugh walking Close, Jacqueline's mother and stepfather where we also discovered that everybody's mind was made up that Lee was the assassin. We tried to object, but of no avail. Both my wife and Janet Ockingloss finally cried together, one over the death of her son-in-law, another over the loss of a president whom she loved and admired. Uh Jeanne,
4: you want to come in here about uh, your conversation one moment George. let yeah. let Jeanne re- recall it in her own words.
2: But the one thing struck me she was actually a Mrs. mother Auchin. Mrs. Auchincloss was um mother in law of Jack Kennedy, and I was complete outsider and complete stranger. She didn't want any investigation. she didn't want to know who killed Jack. Why and what for? All she kept on telling me that Jack is dead and nothing will return him back. I had entirely different opinion. Just because he was such a great man and just because he was my beloved president, I would turn every stone on earth to find out who did it and I want to make sure that that person, it's even too much to call it person, should be punished. Because things like that have no right to go on this earth, be unpunished.
4: Thank you. And actually, you got into a fight with Miss about it.
2: it was not exactly mm-hmm. a fight. It no, was no, discu- uh, we were argument. we had a disagreement or argument, and I couldn't possibly understand how the person, a woman, being so close to the man that was so killed so horribly, th- having no interest whatsoever to continue investigation and finding a person who did it. And he is a complete outsider, but just happens to be to know how great that man was, wanted the justice to be brought and showed to everybody who actually did it.
4: Thank you, John. Uh, George, may I once more say, take your time. Don't yeah. throw any material out, huh, because uh, we I have the time. The <coughs> at the actually. end
1: of our conversation at uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hugh Oakencloth's house, to my surprise, Mrs. Uh, Oakencloth told me my daughter Jacqueline does not want to see you ever again because you had befriended her husband's assassin. So you see how their mind was made up. That's her privilege, I replied, and we left the magnificent house with its millions of dollars of art treasures and thought of Harvey Lee Oswald's poor and tragic life. Fortunately, the Haitian government was reassured by the Warren Committee and we did not have much trouble anymore. But we did have a lot of trouble later because of the wrong interpretation by the press of my friendship with Lee Harvey Oswald. We cannot even give here a resume of incongruous theories that have evolved in feverish brains of some writers as a result of this Warren Committee report. One of them being that I had operated Harvey Lee Oswald by long distance by long-distance wave transmission, having previously inserted an infinitesimal receiver in his skull. In
4: his skull? Skull. 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 Yeah. Yeah, As a matter of fact, you realize that even last week, uh, the second week of February 1969, a book was published in New York by Paris Flamont called "The Kennedy Conspiracy," in which you you and Jeanne are being discussed over pages, having had at CIA uh, branches, which uh, put Lee Harvey Oswald on the assassination even this week. Uh, yeah. So,
1: and also in this uh, book that uh, circulates all over Europe now, Lamerique Brul a book published in Luxembourg in French by so that James Hepburn. It, yeah, so that is impossible to sue for slander. I am uh, I, I'm called to be a CIA agent, CIA agent, who had been assigned to test Harvey Lee Oswald, and may I quote what they said there?
4: Uh, uh, judge, yeah. aren't we... Uh, Going away from the purpose, uh, okay. Very much so. Keep these Fine. pages. I only inserted this about this. You have to keep for later use when we round up the your knowing Oswald. With we we uh, we must now stick to the fact that you came to Washington. Don't throw the material out. We Mm -hmm. need it later. Uh, That you went to Washington to meet the Warren Commission. You testified, and we have now both yours and Jans. Uh, impressions, including the next day meet, meeting the Archon class family. Now, what is your next chapter about the material on this? No, there's a little
1: bit more about the c- Warren Committee.
4: Yes. What's this was very discouraging,
1: of course, the the result of that. However, more encouraging was a comment which I read later on in the Warren Committee report by a the, by the friend of mine.
4: Talk a little.
1: By a friend of mine. Uh, to whom I introduced right, Mr. Yes, Ballon, exactly. to whom I introduced Lee Harvey Oswald when he was looking for a job. He, as we mentioned before, liked Lee, liked what he
4: saw of him and found him intelligent and alert. Uh, judge, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need to look into any defense of what you said by quoting mm-hmm. any of your friends. This is Mr. Sam. Yeah, Ballin. Ballin We brought in already a considerable time ago and I don't want you to start defending yourself without being attacked. That's if you right. need to be defend yourself, I will ask questions, which w- you then will quote whatever needs to be said in defense. But don't bring up defense yourself, because it's not necessary. You are not being uh, uh, interrogated on the basis of an attack. Fine. Uh, keep that material for a later. Mm-hmm. Later. Let's just close this one thing, because you are getting off the track. All right. Really,, Fine. we must be business like in in following the chapters no, no, not there uh, this 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 is the material where it was here and and huh this must be throughout but but this we need um george really i'm I'm not very pleased this afternoon with how it goes we We must stick to and and talk with uh, slightly mm-hmm. more pleasure in what you are doing, because it uh, give yourself a little more, your mumble away, and we yeah. have to really get this. Now let's first get into chapter 6 or 7. It's e. chapter E, uh, which uh, we skipped because you had misplaced it, mm-hmm. uh, and which should go back. Um, it's, uh, if it is E... Between D and F. Then it is chapter 5. Yeah. And chapter five comes after which chapter, George? After chapter D, which is which is called the further
1: meetings. Further Oswald. meetings with Leah V. Oswald. Oswald. That will and be roughly on tape number three. And now and before chapter F, which is increasing animosity
4: between the Oswalds. Uh, yes, between those two chapters, we are now handling this coming chapter called what is the title? The contrast
1: between the Oswalds. Exactly. One evening, Lee
3: brought me the typescript of his experiences.
0: In 1977, as part of the House Select Committee on Assassinations, investigator Gaetan Fonzi went to interview George DeMarnshield, but he never got the chance. He was found in his apartment with a gunshot wound to the head. Here is Gaetan Fonzi. The most puzzling death of all was the apparent suicide of an Oswald associate, George de Morinshield.
3: Now, what brought de Morinshield to the attention of uh, the committee was that uh, when Oswald returned from Russia, Oswald uh, supposedly was this uh, lower-class guy who uh, was a working stiff, as it were, DeMoren Shield was a social figure. He was very much involved in Dallas society. And yet DeMoren Shield's relationship with Oswald seemed to be very close. His ex-son-in-law said if anyone could have been involved in, uh, with Oswald in the assassination of President Kennedy, it was DeMoren Shield. And so it was intriguing. We were interested when the House Committee was formed in questioning DeMoren Shield. I received a call from a friend in Dallas, of all places, a journalist, who told me he had just gotten uh, the news that the Moran Shield had committed suicide, put a shotgun to his head and pulled the trigger.